Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you'd like to join in on our discussion today, you would dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you would like to join in on our discussion, have a prayer report, I mean, a praise report, prayer request, like to follow up, we'd love to hear from you. 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we have a toll-free number for you, which is 800 360 8883 Again, calling outside the Las Vegas area to join in on our discussion, please call 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. Vernon and I just wave to you. And that you can also go to our website, which is Save the Lost at All Costs, which is www.kkvv.com. Yes, SaveTheLostLV.org. Again, our website is www.SaveTheLostLV.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website, select the date that you'd like to listen to. The gospel is always free on our watch. We encourage you to share what God has given you with others. Amen? Amen. And also, we're being archived with um, iTunes, right? So you can find us on iTunes. And again, the uh, gospel is still free on our watch. We are on the AM dial, which is KKVV 1060 AM. And we're also on the FM dial, which is KKVV 101.5. Vernon, I do believe there's a cell number that we'd like to give out if you are in the United States. It only works if you're in the United States. Right, Vernon? Yes, it does. And that number is 563-999-3194. Once again, 563-999-3194. Amen. So Amen. we'd love for you to listen on your handy-dandy cell phone. I know everybody has one. Yes. If not, you'll see one. The kids always seem to find one, right? Always. All right. So how are you, man of God, I'm Brother Vernon? Great. I'm doing great. I uh, commenced at the Las Vegas Rescue Mission last Sunday evening. So now I'm looking forward to the next phase of the journey uh, while I'm there. And then after that. We'll see what happens Amen. The great, by the grace of God. All right. Well, Amen. we're going to just celebrate today because it's called the present. We can't change the past, and tomorrow's not here yet. So right now, Vernon, we're awake. God woke us up, and he didn't have to do it. To, mm-hmm. to glory and honor be to God. Amen. 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 All righty. So, Vernon, we have a very, very wonderful topic today, and uh, I would like to uh, tell you what it is. Okay. Are you listening? I'm listening. As Pastor Terry would say, I'm so glad you asked, right? <laughs> And we know Pastor Terry is listening. So how are you, man of God? We love you, Pastor Terry. Yes, we do. And uh, our prayers are with you. Amen? Amen. All right. So, Vernon, I'm going to make a statement, a bold statement today. 
Sin is not an individual sport. It's a contact sport. So that's my statement today. Sin is not an individual sport. It's a contact sport. So we're going to look at that statement come to life in the prophecy that was against the priest Eli's house. A lot of people are familiar with the priest Eli. Uh, Samuel was actually a young boy and was brought to Eli the priest because his mother Hannah had prayed so fervently about having a child. She had not had a child and she wanted one so badly and she said, God, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. And God kept his word. And matter of fact, Eli saw her praying, saw her mouth moving. And she was so passionate in her prayers to the Lord. And Eli thought she was drunk. But because she was so diligent and so passionate, Eli told her whatever she had asked God of, that God had granted her request. So we have Samuel. Amen. Amen. So now we're going to talk about what we're talking about today, that sin is not an individual sport, but a contact sport. So we're going to open up the first book of Samuel, correct? Amen. And you're in chapter two. Chapter two. All right, Brother Vernon, as the Lord leads you. So we're going to start in what verse? Uh, I believe we're going to start in verse 20. So are we giving some background in the verses that we're reading um, to Eli's sons? About Eli's sons, that's correct. Okay, and, sure what, right. and what are those sons' names? Um, Hop, well, two of them, um, Hophni and Phineas. All right. And I, so we have Hophni mm-hmm. and then we have Phineas. So right. those are the two sons in question that are Eli's sons. Okay. All right, so those are two individuals, correct? Correct. So we're looking at the individual sport and see how it uh, equates to a contact sport. Amen. But I, but I can tell you this, for those who are listening in the spirit, amen, Adam had an individual sin. And how many people did it affect? Everyone. Okay, I rest my case, but I'll, I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a trick question. No. No. <laughs> Everyone. Well, I, this is what mm-hmm. we have to get our brothers and sisters in Christ to understand. understand. Yes. Individual sin, personal sin, mm-hmm. it's a contact sport. Mm-hmm. It affects everybody, everyone. everyone in your home for generations to come. And we're going to make the case about that today. Amen. Amen. The word of God is we're just Amen. going to present it and we're going to be in agreement. Aren't Amen. we, Brother Vernon? Absolutely. All right. So uh, you're starting in what verse again? Starting in verse 22 from chapter 2, verse 22, out of the New King James Version. And that's in the first book of Samuel, correct? That's right. All righty. Verse 22, now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Verse 23, so he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. 24. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. transgress. 25. If one man sins against another, God will judge them. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? 
Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father, because the Lord desired to kill them. 26. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and men. 27. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? 28. Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? 29. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Let's stop right there. That is a lot. So I need to break a couple of things down, mm -hmm. and then I want to finish that out. Okay. So the sons were in agreement, Ahaphane and Phineas. Now, these are Eli's sons. Amen. Eli is an older man at this period. So they have been doing this for a while. And it says that they're lying with the women. And to lie down with a woman means to have sex. Amen. And these women are not their wives. So these women are coming to the temple to do the work of the Lord. And Eli's sons are there desecrating them. And Eli just has a very simple, pretty much short conversation with them and says that he's heard reports and he's heard good reports and it has affected the whole house of Israel. Amen. It says, what did it do? It, it caused the whole house, house to transgress. transgress. It's not an individual sport. And furthermore, Eli says, who are you going to get to intercess for you when you go against God? It's one thing to go against a man. But it's a whole nother thing to go against God. Now, there's a man that comes forward mm -hmm. and he is giving the prophecy. Now, this man would not be able to speak unless God told him he could speak. What does the prophecy establish first? That God was with them in Egypt. Egypt. And he was the one that brought them out. Amen. Number one, I'm that same God. Mm -hmm. So if you have any doubt in your mind how I operate and what I do, that I'm sovereign, that I love you. But if I say something, it's for real. And if I say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I believe the ground opened up and swallowed up. Hundreds and thousands of people that wanted to rebel. And a lot of the leaders were godly men. Amen. 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 So he doesn't have picks and chooses. Correct? Right. So he says that I established the priesthood. 
because Aaron was the first priest and Aaron came out of the, the tribe of Levi. So those are the Levites. So they are out of that house. He established that house. He being God to do what? To serve in his temple, to serve him, to honor him and to serve the people as well. So this has not changed. You don't get to change that. And he says, this is my dwelling place. Because you have to understand, that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where the Spirit of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. And it was protected by cherubim on either side. So it's his dwelling place. That's where he lives in the temple. So we didn't have the Holy Spirit, you know, in habitation like we do now because the work at the cross hadn't been done. Right. And everybody came to the temple to make atonement, to get blessed, to be forgiven, to bring sacrifices. They were still in the sacrificial system where you had to bring in animal sacrifices and incense was still being burned. So all this is going on and Eli's just having a regular conversation with his sons. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're not going to stop what they're doing. They're going to continue. So God has sent this man to tell Eli, what's going to happen, not just to him, but to his whole house. Again, sin is not an individual sport. It's a contact sport. So this is going to affect all the generations. He says your whole house, your whole house, meaning your entire bloodline. And Eli has sanctioned this because he's done nothing other than to say, I've got reports. I know you're doing it. But he takes a very light approach and God is making the case against Eli. He says that you honor your sons more than you honor me. Sons are made of flesh. God is not made of flesh. Amen? Amen. He's a spirit. He's the God of all creation, all the of universe, everything. He is the Alpha and Omega. It begins with him and it ends with him. You put the creation above the creator. God is making the case. Now, at any time, Levi, as a priest, knows how to speak to God. Because he knows God's word. Have you noticed how silent Eli is? How long has God been patient with Eli? He's an old man now. You're talking about they've been doing this for a while, man of God. And I hope that we hear what God is saying. 
You have no other gods before me, not even your children. You cannot allow your children to sully God's name. You cannot allow your children when you are serving the most high God to cause any kind of hypocritical behavior. So do you think Eli may have kind of known before he spoke with them? Because he's old. He's old when he's talking with them about the reports. Do you think maybe years before he might have looked the other way? Do you think? I mean, this the, is like the thing an is, is when the Levitical priesthood was being established, mm-hmm. God called them all. Okay. He had the priests come first. Okay. Now, if you will recall, Moses had gone up to the mountain mm-hmm. to receive instruction from God. And Joshua, Moses' protege, right. was there. But he could only go so far. Right. And Moses had to go up. And then Moses came down. And Joshua says, do you hear the people cheering? And Moses said, they're not cheering. They're not praising God. They are partying. Mm -hmm. That's a reverie. And Moses went down and rebuked the people. Mm -hmm. And immediately started praying. There's no rebuke here. Rebuke means to be corrected in love. So all the people participated except for those who were established in the house of Levi, which became the Levites, which established those who had set themselves apart. And they were able to serve because they demonstrated that they weren't going to go in with the people. They weren't going to be influenced by the people because Mm -hmm. they were going to stand on the word of God. Mm -hmm. So they weren't the golden calf ones. They stood back a part of that. So this is the bloodline that Eli comes out of. So he knows what God requires. Right. And what God is pleased with as far as worship and what is displeasing. You have to understand this time where we are in the Bible. Priests died often. So this is something that Eli is very familiar with as to how to conduct yourself. Priests represented God. You didn't have an opportunity to be foolish. Foolish in that context means despising instruction and death and destruction. So you despise instruction, which means you despise the word of God, which leads to death and destruction. That's what foolish meant. And he tells them, these young men grew up knowing that that's in their bloodline. They were in line to serve as their father served. Mm -hmm. So when you're a parent, you establish what it is that your family does. How they operate in the gifts that God has given them. They knew. More importantly, whether your child is doing right or wrong, Mm -hmm. you have to be the standard bearer. And if you're not, then you become a conspirator. Okay. 
And subsequently, you might as well have led the rebellion. So let's keep going. Okay, I had stopped at... Well, we talked about why do you love your children? Excuse me, why do you honor your children? Okay. More than me. More than me to make yourself fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel. Okay, we're at verse 30. So would you read that verse again that we stopped off? In case someone's just joining us, please. Okay, verse 29. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me to make yourself fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says... I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. 31. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. Verse 32. And you what does will that say? Say that one more time, but there will not be an old man. Verse 31 again is, Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. Verse 32. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel. And there shall not be an old man in your house forever. 33, but any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart. And all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. 34, now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, and one day they shall both die, both of them. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. Verse 36, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please put me in one of the priestly positions that I may eat a piece of bread. Wow. So, this man of God, this prophet, has pronounced the prophecy that Eli is going to lose both his sons in one day. And And that that whole house is going to be cut off. And that there will not be an old man in the house. So they're not going to be able to enjoy their old age, which is a gift with the wisdom. And they would be cut off in the flower of their life. That's when you're most beautiful Mm -hmm. and recognized and blooming for all to see. And he's going to do this publicly. So all Israel will know that it's from God. Amen. And it was in the beginning they were supposed to serve in the house of God for how long? Forever. Forever. See, it's when we were created, man of God, before sin entered in. We were created to live forever. We were created to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ 
as we knew him in the Son forever. But it took our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is God wrapped in flesh, to make atonement so that we could live as we were always supposed to be with his crucifixion. And subsequently, as believers, we are covered in his blood and we can live the life that we were always supposed to live eternally with our Lord. Amen. So you see, when God promises something, he wants to deliver on his promise. But when you see an individual sin, it's a contact sport. Now it has permeated and it has affected everyone. You don't have old men in a particular family. They will never be able to enjoy that. Who does it hurt, Brother Vernon, when you don't have elder men in your family? Generations below you, the children. And the children's children right. and their children's children. Below, yeah. And there are a lot of people who are being cut right. down in their prime. And this ought to speak to you. You ought to catch that in your spirit. It's important that we instruct children. Amen. Constantly, not some of the time. These were grown men. These were men at the age of accountability because they were having sexual relations with women. So these weren't little boys. These, were, these were grown men who understood, but they were the sons of scoundrels. That's what they were called. And that just means to be the sons of plague, the sons of sickness. And what does a plague do? Wipe. It wipes people Wipe. out. out. This is a spiritual malady that they wanted to have God's position. That they thought they could do any and everything. But why would God condone defiling women? Why would God condone abominations happening in his house? He was not in agreement with that. That was the reason why he led them out of Egypt. We've got a serious situation here. Death has been pronounced. And why has it been pronounced, Brother Vernon? Because two sons did something and their father did not Nothing. discipline them. And he was in the position to represent God. He is the priest. It's as if the word of God didn't mean anything. It had no power. It had no might. Nothing was going to happen. And some people think because they are in a Christian type of setting that they can do anything in houses of God. There's no punishment. There are no consequences. I can just do anything that I want. But whose name is on that fellowship? It's God's name. And for his name's sake, he will show up and he will show you what a godly house looks like. And if nobody survives that, then nobody survives it. Amen. He's quite clear that he will wipe them all out. 
But he said he's raising up someone totally different, right? And that is going to represent his house. So here you have people in a particular bloodline that have been given a eternal blessing as to how they should serve. Right. Totally forfeit that. So guess what? He's going to go get somebody totally different. When Jesus came, he came to his own and they rejected him. Subsequently, the Gentiles, which are the Mm non-Jews, were able to partake in what he had to offer. That's amazing. It is amazing. We ought to get excited about that. And a lot of people think that, well, they're just doing all these things in these various houses of worship. They think that they're getting away with it. And a lot of times, as we can see right here, the parents have cosign. So let's see what happens. Now we're going to go over to chapter 3, correct? That's right. And let's see what happens. So we're starting in chapter 3 of the first book of Samuel, Mm -hmm. and you're going to go with verse 1, correct? That's right. Chapter 3 out of verse 1 Samuel, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse 2, and it came to pass at the time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. 3, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of the God was, and while Samuel was lying down. Verse 4, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. 5, so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. 6. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Verse 9, Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Now he was serving with Eli, correct? Right. And wasn't yet familiar with, with the word of God mm-hmm. or the voice of God. Right. But he heard his name. And on the third one, but he was godly instructed. And what did Eli tell him to do? Recognize who that is that's speaking to you. Amen. And what exactly did he say when he heard his voice the third time being called? Speak for your servant hears. But he recognized him as Lord. Correct? Amen. The Lord. Amen. Amen. For your servant. So he's putting himself in a subservient position. Correct? Amen. And he is recognizing who God is. 
And he says, I hear. That's establishing obedience. And we know the word of God says us, tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Now, Eli is much older and he's blind. But guess what? Samuel is the one that was spoke in the prophecy. Amen. So let's keep hearing. Verse 11, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Verse 12, in that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. 13, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. Verse 14, And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Verse 15. Now people might say, well, how can I restrain them? You restrain them with the word of God. Amen. The word of God is a double-edged sword. You speak the word of God and watch God move. Didn't do anything. Was more concerned about the people talking. Mm-hmm. When God had been speaking to him all along. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's keep listening. Verse 15. So Samuel laid down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. 16. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, Here I am. 17, and he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. 18, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. 19, so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. 20, and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Verse 21, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Chapter 4. Okay, so let's look at something very prophetic here. Mm -hmm. And he said talking about Eli. He wanted to know everything. Now he had already heard it from a prophet. Right. And he knows a prophet cannot speak unless God, God instructs him to speak. Speaks. So there's no doubt that what the prophet said was true. But now you have Samuel coming up. Mm-hmm. And Samuel is his replacement. And he wants to see If Samuel is his replacement, and the only way he'll know that for sure is if God spoke to him. First, it was Samuel recognizing who God was. And did he hear his voice? Now, see Eli still holding out just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But this solidifies it. And what was his response, Brother Vernon? Yeah, Eli's response or 
Yes, let's look at verse 18. 18. What was his response? It, oh, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And when I read that, it's, um, it is what it is, or it's God's will. He says, it is the Lord. Mm-hmm. No question. Right. That's a very definitive statement. Mm-hmm. It is the Lord. Amen. So he knows that whatever's going to happen after that, mm-hmm. it's the Lord. Amen. It's the same Lord that was there in Egypt. Mm-hmm. It was the same Lord that established his house. Right. The same Lord that gave him his job. Amen. 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 He knows. And what does he say? Let him do what seems good to him. Mm-hmm. Really? Let him do what seems Good to him. Mm-hmm. Eli is a dead man walking at this particular point. Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor Terry is listening and he wants us to share these scriptures with the listening audience. So I'm going to go over to First John and we're going to look at chapter five. And Pastor Terry wants to make sure that we hear this, Vernon. And the listening audience hears it as well. And we appreciate that godly instruction in Pastor Terry. So again, we're in 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses uh, 16 through 18. But I think we may go down to verse 21. uh, And just go with verse 15. Excuse me. We'll start with verse 16 again. 16. Right. Okay. 1 John chapter 5, starting at verse 16, and the Word of God says, 16, If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that. He should pray about that. 17, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. 18, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, But he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Verse 19. We know that we are of our God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. 21. Little children... Keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Keep yourselves from idols. Do you remember when God rebuked Eli and says, Why do you put your sons Sons. above me? Mm -hmm. And God clearly says that you will have no idols, right? Mm -hmm. You will put nothing above him. It leads to your destruction. Now, how can Eli's sons go to God on their father's behalf? They're not righteous. They're wicked. And there's no one to intercede for them. Exactly. So how could they even go to God on their father's behalf? They could not intercess. They couldn't intercess for themselves, let alone for their father. Like I said, sin is not an individual sport. It's a contact sport. Flesh of his flesh, right? Amen. Could do nothing for him. Here you have a father that cannot help his son, and you have sons that cannot help their father. 
they all have the same spiritual malady. So are they trying to put God to the test? Because when we put God to the test, God is not a liar. Nor is he a sinner that he'd have to repent. So are we trying to put God to the test here? God gave them a history lesson. In case somehow they might have forgotten. He's given them the benefit of the doubt. And the benefit of the doubt is his grace and his mercy. Because he knows they know. Long suffering. Mm -hmm. Patient. Mm -hmm. Slow to Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. They have gone their own way. Their own will. In his own house. They have gone their own way. And it says that it wasn't often a word came. There's some bad kids. (laughs) The thing is, but their father (laughs) was not at his post. We as parents, we as elders, we as those who profess and claim Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Have a responsibility to those in our house. Because it's going to bring death and destruction back onto you. Everything that you say you love and care about. Be wiped out. It's it's happening. We can see it now. People can't explain plagues and sickness. God has given you a textbook lesson in how he operates right now. Mm-hmm. And just these few chapters that we've gone over. Amen. So let's go to chapter 4 in 1 Samuel and let's see what we have here. Chapter four. You were right there. Remember we finished down you read chapter three and chapter, we read down to the end so we're going to take this call yeah we're still in uh first uh samuel, samuel but so. we're going to go to chapter four remember you asked me if we're going to read that so we're going to do that a little bit we're going to take the call now okay hello you on save the lost at all costs and god bless you god bless you brother. hey how are you i'm wonderful thank you and god bless you and your family and the pastor and the brother that's sitting right next to you, I praise, praise God for him. Amen. That, I, but you, but you know I'm not a pastor, right? You know just a, a minister. I'm just a servant just, of the Lord you, Jesus Christ. That's me. right. That's right. Thank you. Uh, what I wanted to ask you was, um, is that the same thing as blaspheming against God, uh, what took place? Because he, once they knew and didn't do and and, and, and and the father did not uh, give proper instruction to his, his son, they was all convicted. I mean, they were condemned and, and, and to be condemned. So, yes, they, they are blaspheming uh, God because they are making his commands an abomination, which you can never okay. make God's commands an abomination. But this is okay. what they did. They were totally in rebellion. So you have an old mission and you have a cold mission. And the cold mission is the position that the sons have taken. The old mission, which is the conspiracy that Eli is allowing it to happen in God's house on his watch. And I noticed you were talking about uh, uh, seeing it as a contact sport. 
CNN is a contact sport. It's not a it's not a personal sport or an individual sport because the contact is felt throughout the whole kingdom. And, I, and today, for the first time, I understood that uh, because once I sin, it don't just affect me. It affects everything around me, my mindset, who I come in contact with, Amen. my my behavior, and, and and all the above. It's just a down. It's, it's a downward spiral. Right. Because the thing is, is that the people had to travel to go to the temple and they had annual days that they would go to travel. And the thing is, is that that was still under the sacrificial system where there had to be animal animal sacrifices that had to be made for sin and atonement. So they're coming in to get their blessing. And sometimes they can only come in annually, you know, once a year. And it's very difficult. Everybody couldn't come all the time. So they had, you know, different days of the year that they would make sure that they would come. So you have to understand how violating that is to God. And Eli's sons are outside the temple right when the people are coming together and they're defiling the women, the women that are working, the women that are coming. These are not their wives. Why would God want his daughters to be defiled? Jesus says that he's the bridegroom and that the church, which are the people, are his bride. So he's not in agreement. The kingdom is not in agreement with that. This is what you have to, that's no. what you have to understand. That's totally immoral. God set up marriage to be a certain way. He would have gladly blessed one wife for Hophni or for Phineas. Matter of fact, Phineas did have a wife. And uh, she had a child named Ichabod. And she died in childbirth. And we'll read about that in chapter 4 if we can get to it. But the thing is, is that God desires for you to have a mate. He desires for you to have someone to love you. He desires you to have intimacy with that person. And when God's joined together, let no man put asunder. But... To do that in the name of the Lord, to do that as a servant that he set up from the inception when he called his people a people. See, when they were still in Egypt, they had not been called his people. They were called a people when they were led out of Egypt. Then he called them his people. So you have to understand, this is just not going to fly at all. So we have to be very, very careful when we call ourselves believers and we say we are reading and comprehending the word of God and we are living recklessly. Well, God is not a liar. He won't be mine. No, he won't. And the thing is, is that when you serve God, he holds you to a much higher standard. You know, the word of God says it's honorable that you want to serve, but are you willing to count the cost? Because, man of God, you should not cause not one of his to stumble. It will cost you everything. Amen. Everything. Amen. So we have to be very, very careful when we say that we want to serve. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't serve. But God, God, God is not a maybe, a sometimey, no. When he says it, he will perform it. Amen. You answered my question. I thank God for you. 
and you are doing a wonderful work with the Lord. I thank God for you being a servant, and I thank God that I'm a friend of yours, and I thank God that I know you, and and and, and you have taken me a long way. I, I, I appreciate that, but you know what I love about you more than that? Is that you're a friend of Jesus. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yeah. So thank you. Amen. Thank you, brother. And thank you, son, for being a friend of Jesus. And I call you son as in his son, not my son. I respect Amen. I respect my elders, brother Charles. So please, that's what I meant by that, that you're his Amen. son. And I love Amen. you, brother. And God bless I you. I love you, too. God hey, bless you, too. I'll see, I'll see you soon. You know I will, right? Yeah, we'll see one, though. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye. All right. Well, praise God for Amen. that. We appreciate that. Now, we're going to go into chapter 4, brother. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4, First Samuel, uh, verse 1. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped in Ephat. Verse 2. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle... Israel was defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. 3. And when the people had come into camp, into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. Verse 4. So the people went to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who dwells between the cherubim, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. Now look at this. It says he dwells mm-hmm. between Eli, who is set up as the priest, these sons, scoundrels, mm-hmm. and we already know what they're about, Right. the plague, and sickness. You see that? Uh-huh. God is not going to perform for them. Right. Amen. How, why would he? All conspirators. Mm-hmm. Correct? Mm-hmm. Do you see this? Yes. Okay. But he spoke a prophecy. Amen. Amen. So, dun da dun dun Right. All right. Let's go. Verse 5. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Six, now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. Seven, so the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Verse eight, Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Verse 9, be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Verse 10, so the Philistines fought and the Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. 4,000, now 30,000, 34,000. It's a contact sport, man of God. Sin is not an individual sport. It's a contact sport. Men, correct? Men. Not becoming old men. Not becoming men that would be flowered. Amen? Amen. Okay. 11. Also the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas died. 
both on the same day, correct? Amen. All right, let's go. Twelve. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Thirteen. Now when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the heart ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. Fourteen. When Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, What does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli, Verse 15, Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, What happened, my son? 17, So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there was a, has been a great slaughter. Among the people, also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. 18, Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God, that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. 19. Now his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child, due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth, and her labor pains came upon her. Verse 20, And about the time of her death, the women who stood by her said to her, Do not fear, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer, nor did she regard it. Verse 21, Then she named this child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God has been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. All right. All that, all wiped out in one day. We love you. Save the lost at all costs. And remember, sin is not personal. It's a contact sport. Amen. God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit field, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas' very own Christian Talk Radio stations 1060 a.m and 101.5 fm also we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org if you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge make an online secure donation or learn more about our ministry please visit our our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.